Good evening once again. This is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to another episode of Crystal Silence League Hour, episode number 105. <clears throat> the uh, astonishing power of setbacks. That's right, setbacks. How disappointment can actually help us move ahead. Hey, get you a drink or something. Come back in just about a minute and we'll talk about that. So don't leave. Come back. See you in a minute. Hey, hey, I am back, and this is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to this lovely episode of the Crystal Silence League Hour. So you just let me know. <clears throat> you just let me know if there's any problems um, with sound or with light or with you. Uh, we are a call-in show, you know. You can always call us at 657-383-0525, and if you press the little one button, a flag pops up, and that lets me know that you want to talk to me, and you can give me questions, you can give me criticisms, you can tell me that nothing is working for you, and actually that does not surprise me. Um, I'm going to tell you that lots have been lots has been written about the power of the law of attraction, and many people have told me over the years that they've worked the law of attraction, and it worked for a little while, and. They were attracting some stuff in their life. Maybe they met some people romantically. Uh, Perhaps they got a a decent job. They attracted some prosperity, and then it all fell apart. And we're going to go into why that happens. So a lot of people were um, at first delighted with the power of the law of attraction and then disillusioned with it and became utter skeptics of it. And we will go into that, and I will further go into my um, uh, uh, <laughs> my ongoing ranting and raving about why I hated the book The Secret. No surprise there. And also why it was such a, a great bestseller for a while and why you never hear anything about it now. Uh, but first, let me tell you a little bit about the Crystal Silence League. We know that it was founded around 1917 by a remarkable mage named um, – Uh, Claude Alexander Conlon, for the purpose of distributing positive affirmation and prayer to all those in need of such. And uh, his uh, vision was uh, a very uh, amazing one for the time. He distributed crystal balls to all the members, and three times a day he would send out positive affirmation, and the members would receive these affirmations via crystal ball. Well, when he went into the silence uh, himself, uh, circa 1958-1954, the League went with him until around uh, 2009 or so. It was revived on the Internet by Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Now you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And you can go there, and you'll find that you can buy some crystal balls from us, some crystals of various sorts, and some literature. A couple of the books were written by uh, Mr. Conlon himself, including his book, um, Codes and uh, Instructions from Members of the Crystal Silence League, another book called uh, Crystal Gazing, and also a book written by me, the Reverend John St. Germain, called Crystal Magic. Uh, Spell work and healing and divination through the use of crystal balls, gems, and minerals. So uh, these books are available from us, and actually if you buy uh, any of these, you get a, a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League, which is very cool. gives you rights and privileges thereof. But prayer is always free. You can go and post a prayer, and hundreds of people, I mean hundreds of people, will pray for you every day. Um, so this is a very good thing to do, a very, very good thing to do, and we encourage you to do that. We have people actually here um, – 
in our uh, in our chat room now, and this is more people than we've had recently, and we have some people actually on the phone uh, listening in, which is something that we don't always get. So this is always very good. We enjoy seeing this. So what we're going to do is uh, talk about our uh, crystal of the week, which happens to be uh, labradorite. And uh, labradorite is very interesting. Um, stone is bright blue, so it resonates to the um, uh, the throat chakra and the third eye chakra, uh, depending on the tone of it. And um, the um, uh, depending on um, <clears throat> the qualities of the stone. Um, when we say it resonates to the throat shock, we're talking about speech. Uh, it helps energize the power of speech. But depending on the stone, what kind of speech we're talking about, Labradorite's a magical stone. It helps um, express the type of speech that generates magic, uh, transformation, uh, the expression of releasing inner truths and saying the sorts of things that will catalyze uh, magical truths and transformations. Uh, so uh, you, can, you can pierce through the veil of uh, illusion to bring out truth. So this is a wonderful stone. Now, uh, uh, you know, say that there's issues in a situation that needs healing, uh, transformation, um, penetration. Uh, Labradorite can help with that. Uh, blockages that arise from grief, uh, guilt, shame, anger. Labyrinth can help penetrate that through the power of magical speech. So uh, this is the type of stone that you want to use for that kind of work. So <clears throat> if you're going to make an elixir from it, Labyrinth, you have to be a little careful with it. Um, it's, uh, it is a... Um, a type of uh, uh, feldspar, uh, so it's a little dusty, and I would be careful with it. Um, you'll look at it; it's uh, it, it's uh, it's flaky, so you don't you don't want it to uh, come apart in the water. Uh, so if your stone is solid, you can use the direct infusion method, but just to be safe, use indirect, which means you put it in a glass, submerge it in the water, don't let it come in direct contact with the water, and allow its properties to infuse by the indirect method through vibratory transmission. Set it in the sun for healing. Set it in the moon for magic. That's the rule that I work with. So that's Labradorite. I do enjoy Labradorite. Why don't we go to the um, prayer page of the Crystal Silence League, and you can go there now, and if you like, pull up about 20 or 30 prayers and read along with me myself. Now, uh, we always do this via uh, anonymous uh, transmission, um, and um, um Basically, what we do is we go down and I read the prayers. Now, uh, I know who you are. I know your names. I know what you look like, as all of us pastors do. Um, and um, we um, we always uh, pray for you by name. And while we look at your pictures, most of the pastors, including myself, we print out 10 pages of this stuff and uh, put it on our altars, So usually daily when we can. <clears throat> and... So uh, I'm going to read these prayers uh, anonymously, just by prayer ID. And by all means, if you would like to um, pray along with me, please do so. And if you have crystals and crystal balls for projection um, and healing, you can do that as well. So here we go. Prayer ID number 62395, who says, Please pray that I receive a job offer in the next week or two weeks. I have recently relocated to start a new life. And I'm a hard worker who's eager to get back to work. Thank you and amen. Yes, get a job, honey. 
I think you're a hard worker and you will succeed. Prayer ID number 62394. God, Goddess of Venus, Holy Spirit, St. Martha, it's been several days and I still haven't received your answer to my prayer. You always help me and pull things through. How come this time I'm still in the hole and stuck? Please allow YM to see I'm his soulmate. He needs to contact me now. I'm forever grateful and will do good deeds in return. Please hear me and send assistance. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer ID 62393. Please pray for me to be blessed with a new job ASAP as a Director of Product Integrity or Director of Quality Assurance. Please pray for me. I would like to work for a company where I can excel and grow. I want to be at a company where I can do my job in peace and be respected and appreciated for what I do. The company that I work for is in serious trouble, and my boss is pure evil. Please pray for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray ready 62392. I ask for prayers that my love, Jay, come to see me very soon. I miss him terribly. Please pray any obstacles that are in our way be removed. Let him call me, make plans to spend time with me. Please pray he treats me lovingly and with respect as he has always done. He thinks it's unfair to me because he works so much, but I think I should be able to make the decision as to what is unfair. He is my family, and I'm very alone now. Please help us come back to our loving relationship. It was beautiful. Amen. Prayer ID 62391. Please pray that M receives the job she interviewed for yesterday. Amen. Short and sweet. Prayer ID 62390. Please pray that God leads me to the job for me. I'm unemployed. My bills are not getting paid. Please pray that door is open for me soon. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 62389. I pray for the successful remission of leukemia with the treatment and study drugs she is receiving. She's praying for her mother, by the way. Give her the strength to persevere and maintain her appetite and quality of life. Provide us with the resources to continue to travel to MDA every month. Watch over her and lead her medical team to provide her with care for her highest good. Protect us all during our frequent travels to the medical center. She is full of love and hope and has so much more to give. Bless her. Amen. Prayer ID 62388. Cancel the weather system from coming in Jesus' name. Protect us from flooding and damages. Cancel the assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer ID 62387. Please send your prayers for my son S to win his fight June 30th at Fight to Win Pro. Pray for him to win so he can take care of his daughter and the people who look to him as a role model. Amen. Prayer ID 62386, please pray that DG's hamstring will heal with no pain. Prayer ID 62385, pray that my sweetheart gets better, that are hard to stay strong online, stay strong, and there's another 40 years. Amen. And prayer ID 62384, Heavenly Mother, Father God, I'm grateful for your interceding on my behalf praying that I'm freed of all the evil, wicked, angry spirits that are trying to consume my soul. Amen. Prayer ID 62382. Please cancel my upcoming psychiatric appointment on July 2017. Amen. Hmm. Prayer ID number 62381. I pray that I have commercial success as a singer, recording artist, and producer on my own record label. Through my singing, recordings, my songwriting, producing, and successful collaborations with other already well-established recording artists and record labels, and that as a result of this, I obtain financial freedom, having enough money to tithe, give, I pay, and invest. Amen. Let's take a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of comfort, assurance, and healing. 
Amen. May he be praised. Okay, so you've worked the law of attraction. You've read the secret from cover to cover. And, well, you just ain't been getting the uh, results you hoped you got. Well, I'm going to tell you a few things um, about all this. Um, The law of attraction came into uh, popular... um, I don't know, the popular eye... um, around the turn of the century, uh, mainly through the work of uh, Dr. Phineas Quimby and the uh, New Thought Movement. And um, I'm going to tell you that when new, when the New Thought came into being, it was considered a very strange uh, movement and not many people followed it over time it became uh more popular it led to uh uh, science of thought and uh christian science and many other movements and today the new thought is uh, very well known but at the time it was considered very esoteric and very strange even though as uh william walker atkinson aptly put it there was nothing new about new thought um now I'm going to tell you that by the time The Secret came out, many people had made a lot of money on the law of attraction. And as I have ranted and raved about on this show a lot, there was more to the new thought than the law of attraction. There is a lot of spiritual training that goes into uh, the new thought. Now, The Secret was um, not a book. It was a marketing juggernaut. This was not the work of a single author who rose from obscurity to prominence through the use of uh, uh, attractive force. This is content by committee, backed by a marketing effort. Every word in that book had been created and carefully selected by a marketing committee. There were 24 authors of that book, by the way, um, backed by a marketing machine packaged to look like a secret document. The dust jacket looked like the cover of the Da Vinci Code, and the parchment pages were designed to look like some ancient manuscript. The words themselves very carefully launched uh, uh, by a a corporation called the TS Production LLC. The CEO was Bob uh, Renoni, who was a former IBM salesman and telecom executive. Now, he, he did not write or edit any of it, but he is a marketing genius. So his company employed uh, Rhonda Byrne, who was the, uh, the editor who created The Secret, right? Two website managers, a four-person production team, 24 contributors whose qualifications range from life coach to visionary. And what the hell does that even mean? So in uh, 2007, the company launched all of this stuff, including a book sequel and a DVD, and there was a third book, uh, the speaking engagements, uh, the speakers who contributed, the people who contributed to the secret, were getting uh, thirty-five hundred dollars to ten thousand uh, dollars for these seminars. Uh, Rhonda Byrne uh, made about twelve million dollars in one year, uh, and uh, Bob Renoni, who was the CEO behind it. Uh, told uh, reporters that the secret's wealth enhancement um, was was deliberately emphasized. In other words, the idea of uh, gaining wealth, making prosperity. Now, if you know anything about spiritual development, as it is taught in New Thought, uh, 
prosperity is one of the many things that you can develop, but it has nothing to do with spiritual development. Um, now, The Secret is published by Simon & Schuster. Simon & Schuster is owned by CBS Corporation, who also owns King World, which is the company that produced Oprah Winfrey Show, which featured two one-hour episodes of The Secret. You see, this was a marketing juggernaut. Now, what offends me about The Secret is that it basically teaches wish fulfillment. It says any, anything that you can envision can be manifested. It's the same as that motivational speaker thing. If it can be conceived, it can be achieved. However, the, prom- the, pro- the promise of limitless wishes is a lie. And if you look on the marketing material for The Secret, it even has Aladdin rubbing his genie. And it says, your wish is my command. Imagine the appeal of this to the disenfranchised people, the world, people struggling with debt, people who are uh, trying to get out of a preconceived notion of failure. Um, Now, all of these affirmations, visualizations, prayers – are called in the secret petitions to God, which means basically if you don't get what you want, it's God's fault. Now, what the secret fails to acknowledge anywhere in any of its hundred pages, that unanswered petitions are normal because fulfillment of the most dramatic or life-changing prayers usually will conflict with a an inner dynamic or fate or karma or your purpose in life. And this means that you can affirm or pray or petition all you want day in and day out for decades and get nothing. And this is normal. Or, and this is worse, you can petition and affirm and wish and actually your life will deteriorate. I have seen it. I have experienced this. So this is why when people practice the law of the law of uh, affirmation, the law of attraction, uh, sometimes they will move forward and then suddenly suffer tremendous reverses. And this is why it is taught in New Thought. You have to know what to ask for. You have to know how to ask. And you have to understand that life is going to be challenging, and you're not going to get everything you ask for. What we teach in New Thought is you don't ask for specific things sometimes. You ask for what is set aside for you. And this gets me going off into spiritual development in general. Very little about spiritual development is written in The Secret. If you study New Thought literature, there's a great deal about uh, developing a fine and noble character, about examining yourself, uh, taking moral inventory, about unlocking the recesses of the unconscious mind to find out the things that are buried deep within the unconscious mind. And I'm going to tell you, uh, most of the time, your unconscious uh, mind is like a locked closet. It's a it's a closed door, and it says it's got to deal with you. There's a mutual non-aggression policy. The unconscious mind says, you know, don't don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. But the problem with the unconscious mind is it's got the hardwired programming, and we got lots of uh, emotional baggage in there that's usually uh, accumulated in childhood. And it is the job of the spiritually motivated adult to unpack that box. That is Pandora's box. And if you are going to be a uh, emotionally mature human being, if you are going to be a uh, spiritually responsible human being, you have to unpack that box. And that is how you manifest the highest manifest, uh, manifest the highest power of uh, law of attraction. Now, the reason that there is a uh, initial success 
with the law of attraction is because you have an inner storehouse of power. We all do, and this is part of our storehouse. It gets us through tough times. It's part of our survival mode. And when you start doing affirmations, you will draw upon that storehouse, and it will give you some forward momentum, but that inner storehouse is soon depleted. Your battery runs dry, and as soon as it runs dry, you have no more inner resources, and you will backslide. You no longer have – you've used up all your luck, and you'll go backward. This is why we don't use the power within. We use the power without. Uh, If you try to find the power within, like some of these knotheads teach you, they go, reach inside, use the power within. You're going to run out. And this is why when you're using the affirmations for the law of attraction, about 90% of people are uh, using the power within, which is limited. And when that runs out, you got nothing left, and you will go back. In fact, your life will deteriorate, and this is what happens. There are people who have moved forward. They have the initial exhilaration, and I hear people read read The Secret. They go, oh, yeah, oh, my God, it started working immediately, man. Um, I got a raise at work. And I just met this guy, and it, man, I, I believe it. I, how long have you been doing it? Oh, about three months. And I'm thinking, oh dear, okay. Six weeks, three months. I'm thinking, oh dear, okay. Now, Rhonda Burney, who wrote this book or who edited this book, researched it for 18 days. She did 18 days of research. For the secret. 18 days of research. I'm just going to leave you with that. Who does that? All these quotes and things um, throughout this book. Who who does that? And uh, I I just I, I can't I just can't I can't believe that I just go on when when people mention the secret to me and they're like oh my god I, I I just I can't speak for a minute I just do this now you have to understand imagine that there's a scale I don't have anything against prosperity but you got to balance it up with spiritual development too wealth in the hands of a person without spiritual development is like having ice in your hand. It's it's dangerous, one thing. But basically, without spirituality, you have a sense of entitlement. You, you know, it's like, I deserve this. You have a sense of entitlement. And when you have a sense of entitlement and you start thinking that wealth is going to bring you... Uh, what you need in life, you're going to become spiritually bereft. And uh, wealth and spirituality are not mutually exclusive. You can you can achieve both, but greed and uh, pursuits driven by greed. That's what, remember we talked about the motives. No, no, that's uh, that's going to pretty much wipe out any possibility of growth. Uh, um, if you're if you're preoccupied with manifesting wealth, if all you're doing with the law of attraction is manifesting wealth, you're not taking uh, any care of yourself emotionally. Now, according to the people I respect, you know the teachers that teach uh, New Thought correctly, um, we have this box, this closet of all these uh, emotional imprints that are hardwired, uh, usually through childhood. Uh, Let's say we have a true self, something that we're supposed to manifest in the in the uh, universe, and our parents and teachers, for whatever reason, are putting imprints over that hardwired behaviors. These are usually done through shame, uh, positive or negative reinforcement, etc. Um, these are hardwired, and they are put uh, into this closet. We'll call them imprints, psychological imprints or programming, and these are usually uh, – counterproductive and they keep us from manifesting our true self there's there is a according to new thought in the divine mind a duplicate of ourselves an image of ourselves that is our true self and our work is to merge our physical self our self that walks in this world with 
the image of herself in the divine mind. But there are these counterproductive elements that exist in that Pandora's box of the unconscious. And these are injuries and indignities, uh, deep shame, uh, abuse and neglect, and uh, grief, uh, deep grief, like the death of a parent or a friend. And these um, um, events, these actual events, are not anywhere near as damaging as the inability to let go of them. We have these defense mechanisms that have that have been uh, layered on them, like a like you know, grain of sand in an oyster, and they put the uh, stuff around it that makes a pearl. We have these defense mechanisms around it that has distorted our psychological welfare. We've warehoused the stuff in this Pandora's box and layered it with all kinds of defense mechanisms that has distorted our true self. So um, we have uh, substituted functional personality to wishful thinking. So, And this keeps us from manifesting ourselves in a whole and complete manner. So um, uh, because you may... You know, let's say you want to be an artist. You come from a conservative family that says uh, you're going to be a doctor and a lawyer, so you bring home artwork, and your parents are like, okay, well, that's nice, but go back to your studies. So this yearning for creative self-expression is quelled, and sometimes not even through criticism, um, not even through criticism, but damning through faint praise. You know, you yearn so much for your parents to say, oh my gosh, look at your, your, you know, you're a creative genius. Let's get you art lessons. But you get, you get this kind of a, hmm, okay, yeah, that's good, you know. And they just kind of throw it aside without any kind of uh, affirmation. So um, these uh, imprints stick, and so you're ashamed of your talent. And a couple of things can happen with this. Either later on in life you'll rebel, you'll become rebellious which is a manifestation, you know, rebelling is a manifestation of shame, or you'll suppress it because you'll never feel that you're good enough. In, in either, tr- in either uh, case, your true self does not manifest. So you also develop counterfeit traits. Uh, you know, let's say you're a, a serious and melancholy child, and your, your parents say, smile, quit looking so sad, smile, so you're becoming a people pleaser. And uh, you have a fake smile, so uh, basically when your parents and your teachers and society see these unwanted or undesirable characteristics in a child, they'll, they'll try to inoculate you against them by substituting fake behaviors. This is uh, well-known. Um, you know, all, all I'm telling you is what uh, social, social psychologists tell you about these parenting issues. Now, I want to tell you that at one point, at one time, you know, 30 years ago, uh, a hypercritical parenting was the norm. Being very critical of kids was the norm. And, you know, berating and browbeating kids and shaming them was normal. Uh, now, because of the recognition of this long-term shaming and berating, uh, it went the other way. Uh, the pendulum went too far uh, several years ago. Uh, parents would gush in ecstasies for kids doing the simplest things like, uh, remembering to bring their jacket home from school. Oh, thank you so much. You remembered your jacket. Oh, you're so mature. You're growing up so big to the point where uh, kids became uh, self-indulgent narcissists uh, who were utterly, un- uh, utterly dysfunctional. Uh, when I went back to college when I was 50, uh, these 22-year-old college kids were like uh, little kids. When I was in high school, we were adults back in the 70s. We were fully functional adults, man. You could you could send us out in the middle of the night, and we knew how to function. I used to stay out all night long, and man, if you messed with us, we knew we knew we we were functional. We could function. We knew what to do when we were in trouble. Uh, and when I went to college, we were adults. We were ready to get married and have kids, and I did. In fact, I, I was a father at eighteen, nineteen. These kids I went to school with were twenty-two years old, and. Uh, 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 developmentally, they were like 16, and the, and the teachers treated them that way. Uh, I swear to God, I swear to God, I was in a class, and we were going to walk across campus to go to the art museum, and 
the teacher said, okay, apples, go to this side, oranges, go here, and bananas, you go to that. They had divided them up into fruits, like a daycare. And I just said, you know, I refuse to go along with this, motherfuckers. I'm 52 years old. I'm, I'm not an apple, banana, or a fruit. Uh, you know, if any, I'm a prickly pear of anything else. I just, you know, I, I said, yeah, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna walk over to the art museum. I'll, I'll meet you, you fruit basket over there later. And you know, and then the the, the graduate teacher who was 23 years old was going to give me a lecture. I said, listen, I said, you're young enough to be my granddaughter. You're not going to lecture me on shit. So just leave me alone. So what we see is that these trends, um, maybe they do. I don't know. If they, either way, they go do more damage than good. These were kids who were old enough. You could they were they're old enough to be drafted, sent to the army, given a gun, and kill and die. You know, don't. Oh man, don't, just don't. So um, these imprints are stashed away in this box, and the true self never gets a chance to manifest. So. Children are put in a difficult situation because they must accept what their parents tell them, like like breathing the air, drinking the water, until they get to a certain age. Uh, and then sometimes they will they will uh, realize their parents are crazy. But um, how do you how do you get out of this? Well, there's a struggle between the hardwired imprints and the true self all of our lives. And I'm going to tell you that these imprints fight for survival and often win. The true nature struggles helplessly quite often to free itself from these long-established imprints. And I'm going to tell you that time and time again, the true self loses because these imprints, remember, they have developed defenses. And these attempts to free ourselves from these imprints, these programmings, exhaust us to the point to when we stop fighting. Then periodically in our lives we say, "I'm going okay, I'm going to try it again. And then there's another battle. And the, the imprint, the programming reigns supreme. And the true self retires back defeated into its corner. But it screams for release, and this is why we have these psychological problems that we have, this, un- this deep-seated unhappiness. And this is why you hear the old saying, we are our own worst enemies, while we work against ourselves, while we have those relationships, you know, we keep doing them again and again and again, those toxic relationships, those mistakes we make over and over. And as we know in new thought, external states manifest, internal states manifest in our daily realities, whether we know it or not, whether we consciously know these internal states, they manifest in our daily reality. And those cries for help of our true selves will manifest in our daily reality, often in the people that surround us. I want you to I want you to let that sink. So when we're having these toxic relationships, if we listen, we may be hearing the projected cries of those things that are buried in our unconscious mind. I'm laying deep wisdom on you right now. And if you listen to what I'm telling you right now, this could change you. If there's a pernicious event that occurs in your life, if you keep finding the same things happening to you over and over and over, this could be your unconscious manifesting in the world around you. If the same person with a different face keeps popping up in your life, in a relationship, in a friendship, on the workforce... If the same thing keeps happening to you in your job, you get a good job, it seems like it's going to work, and then the bottom drops out of it through 
manifestations of things that are not your fault. If you find yourself uh, doing well financially and then you go on a you just lose control of your money, some kind of addictive behavior. The same things again and again, a self-sabotage sort of thing. Listen to it. This could well be the crying out for help of your buried and imprisoned true self. Now, we can look at things like projection and repression and all these other characteristics that we do. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to get to the bottom line. The the events that caused us to bury these things in the unconscious, the events themselves are nowhere near as traumatic as the horror, horror shows that we're living through by not looking at them and releasing them. Because when we're trying to manifest all the good things that are meant for us and we run out of that inner energy and we find ourselves backtracking, um, it's, it's a terrible thing. I want to give you the Buddhist perspective on this in just a minute. Let's go to station identification. Shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige Sapiru, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And I'd like to remind you, we do have a call-in number, 657-383-0525. You can call in, press 1. I'll talk to you if you have questions about any of this. Um, I want to tell you that in, in uh, Buddhism is a concept called karma, which is often misunderstood. Uh, karma is an accumulation of psychological, uh, uh, psychological uh, imprints that can be uh, carried on through the stream of existences. And uh, there is a uh, a positive momentum and a negative momentum to karma. And if uh, enough positive momentum, positive imprints of karma is accumulated, a person could be reborn in uh, a diva realm. And a diva realm is a heaven realm of immense pleasure. Um, now, I'm going to tell you that the diva realm is not enlightenment. Enlightenment is when you're free of uh, any such nonsense as karma. And uh, you get off that wheel of rebirth entirely. But in the diva realm, it's immensely pleasurable, immensely pleasurable and very difficult to practice uh, things like meditation or positive karma. So uh, what happens is at some point you run out of positive karma, that forward momentum. And it's said to be very sad because the diva ages instantly. He knows he's dying. All of his friends come over and mourn and cry and beat their breasts because they know it's going to happen to them one day. And all the flowers in his garden dies, and then he dies. And because his positive momentum is used up, he is going to be reborn in a negative, a dolorous realm. And this could be very bad. It could be an animal. It could be in a hell realm, or it could be in a human realm. But if he continues to practice uh, moral training, he, when he dies, he'll die peacefully. And he could uh, continue and be reborn or enlightened even. But it's very difficult when you're in uh, uh, in so much bliss and sensual pleasure to do that because you're caught up in it. Well, this is similar to what we're talking about with this limited inner charge. When people are practicing the law of attraction and they're generating uh, uh, movie tickets, 
and they're generating a good parking spot. They're getting their boss to notice them, and they're calling upon that limited bit of internal charge. It's going to be good for a while. Then they're going to lose it. And then once they've used up this limited amount of survival charge that we all have, you're going to run out of luck. You're going to run out of attractive power. And then it's going to deteriorate. This is why we are trained in the new thought to connect with the divine mind. Without connection to the divine mind, you're drawing upon a limited well. But but if you connect with the divine mind through spiritual uh, exercises that we discuss uh, almost uh, obsessively here, then you will have an infinite supply of this power but you got to know what to ask for and one of the one of the uh, tremendous pieces of spiritual work is to unpack that pandora's box of the unconscious to examine the difference between the fake self and the real self and one of the um uh early pioneers of this in um in this um um field uh who took it into psychology, and this was around the time of the introduction of the New Thought. Uh, at the time the New Thought uh, came into being with people like uh, uh, Dr. Quimby and William Walker Atkinson came the New Psychology. And the New Psychology uh, came into being because there were people who were curing very serious illness uh, with what was called the Thought Cure. And the Thought Cure was simply by the idea was that by changing the way people thought, people were getting better. And I mean from very serious illness. And we know now there's a very uh, uh, well documented connection between the mind and the body and the spirit. And that the course of serious illnesses can be improved significantly by changing the way people think. Now, uh, by the way, this is something else that uh, the secret got wrong. There, there are uh, studies about this. And uh, you can't cure cancer yet this way. You can manage pain and stress. And we also know that by managing stress, um, you can change your body chemistry to where you're less likely to get sick. Stress produces cortisol and adrenalizes the body, which wears the body down and destroys the immune system and makes you more likely to be uh, uh, subject to illness and cancer. So you must reduce your stress. And um, and just imagine now the stress between you being divided into a true self and an imprinted self and your true self constantly at war trying to get out of this closet. So it's very necessary to manifest your true self. And how many of us have this day job where we have to pretend to be something we're not? Where you're always biting, biting your tongue, biting your tongue, biting your tongue. Um, how many of us grew up with our parents shoving belief systems down our throat that we just choked on? Society that we just choked on. How many how many gay men and women grew up in a conservative household and they realized they were gay and they could not come out because they knew that their parents just wouldn't wouldn't have it. I, I know one of my very dear friends in high school had that very thing. He I remember this was nineteen seventy six. In Knoxville, Tennessee, for God's sake. And I remember he, he took me aside. He said, I, I have to tell you something, John. I said, uh, are you about to tell me you're gay? Because we all know. And he goes, well, how do you know? I said, well, I said, Doug, we all know. And I said, are you going to tell your parents? He said, I, I can't. What am I going to do? And I said, well, at some point you're going to have to. Uh, as it turned out, his father died, I think, before he told his father. And then he you know, he told his mother, and she cried and then hugged him and said she still loved him. So that worked out okay. But my goodness, what? terrible conflict um, when you can't be yourself, but how many of us are? And you have to unpack this. So we uh, we get messages from this, and we get them through dreams, and we get them through hints, but we also get them through our struggles, through our advers uh, adversaries that manifest around us in terms of people. And I tell my clients this all the time. They'll, they'll call me, uh, they'll come to me, and they say, you know, I'm doing everything right at work. But everybody hates me. My boss hates me. My workers help me. I said, well, these people are doing you a favor. They're telling you you're in the wrong place. you got to go. And they want me to do work to try to get people to like them, get their boss to like them. I say, the best work you can do is to work to get you a better job, to get you a job where you belong. 
or they tell me they hate their life. There was some, there was a person, they're in a romantic situation. The other person's always cheating on them, mean to them. And I say, that's just telling you you're in the wrong relationship. How about instead of fixing a broken situation, we get you in one that's not broken. Sometimes they have to work through it though, because again, that's a projection. They're projecting in their outer life, something that has been imprinted upon them. And you know, you know, I, I'll recognize that, and I'll help them work through that because they've got to meld the true self with whatever it is they're projecting on the outside. And this is this is wisdom I'm laying on you here. If you recognize that these things that keep referring outward into your life, inner states always manifest in outward reality. If you recognize this. If you recognize this, recognize the disparity between your inner self and what's going on around you, half your spiritual work's already there. And there, there's some enemies now. Repression is an enemy, and denial is an em- enemy. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, the, these are things that you're going to have to... Um, um, look at now um projection is a two-way street um for instance when we talk about opposites attracting um that's not it's not what we usually mean i think opposites attract uh, that's our interest in people who possess qualities that we wish we had right um so, because you see a lot of time extrovert like in, we're talking about young again uh young point out how extroverts and introverts often attract each other uh, we know that uh, the extrovert admires the ability of the introvert uh, to, uh, to to reflect and introspect and observe. We also know that the introvert admires the quality of the extrovert to open up around people. And each party is projecting outward because they know that somewhere if you could like roll roll those two together like silly putty and pull them apart. Uh, that they realize that the other party lacks what each other has, and they hope that they'll kind of rub off by association and learn from each other. Now, uh, repression is a uh, is a classic defense mechanism that protects us from anxiety, uh, usually from ideas or impulses uh, that arise in our mind. We repress it because if they if it, if it comes out of the closet into the light of day. It creates a panic attack, so we submerge it. Uh, it's a protection from pain. So, um, and do you know that uh, people who have been subjected to studies uh, about repression, when they begin to experience the repressed thought or idea, they produce uh, high levels of adrenaline and norepinephrine. This is an actual physical reaction so uh, you can have uh, uh, actual mechanical breakdown when these chemicals are poured into the body in, ex- in excess uh, cell cells can break down uh, neurotransmitter uh, uh, of the brain can break down uh, and you become uh, hypersensitive to your environment uh, uh, hyper defensive your your senses become hyper acute this is um, uh, uh, you know, if you're repressing something, this is uh, a powerful trigger. So uh, if, if you are going to work on spiritual development of repressed issues, this is something you do in a clinical environment. You don't call a psychic reader on the phone and say, yeah, I've got some repressed things I want to pull out. You, you need to do that unless the psychic reader is really good, you know, has clinical training. You need to do this in a clinical environment. Um now, uh, among repressed issues, by the way, is the issue of uh, seemingly recovered addicts who are still addictive behavior, like the dry drunk syndrome. We'll go into that in another show. Um, so I hope you've got a clue here about why, if you're working the law of attraction uh, and it started, and you started to get some momentum um, and then you lost it, it's because you've learned it from a crappy book like The Secret. Uh, I suggest if you want to learn the law of attraction, you follow 
uh, our show, you follow our newsletter, you get you some really good books on it. Uh, the ones by Claude Conlon are good, William Walker Atkinson. By the way, you can get the complete works of William Walker Atkinson in an ebook for a dollar. For a dollar on Amazon. The complete works of William Walker Atkinson. Um, I'm not sure it's the complete works. I don't think it's got the ones he wrote for the Yogi, uh, the Yogi Society, under uh, his, under his various Swami names, uh, Swami Chandraputra and etc. But it's got the ones he wrote under his name on the uh, laws and uh, history of the New Thought. So, uh, and it's sure enough to keep you reading for a little while. And uh, I I can't think of another New Thought writer of that era who made a more succinct and detailed uh, uh, body of literature about the New Thought. So, um, uh, among other identities that are recognizable, I, I, I tend when I meet people to put them in a type so that I can understand what identities were imprinted on them by their parents or by themselves in reaction to their parents or society. Victims, martyrs, aggressors, dominators, uh, things like this. And most of these are uh, fake identities. And I, I want to get down past that. I, I peel them like an onion to see who's behind that fake identity. And that's the person I try to address. Not, not, not the role, not the costume they're wearing, but the real person. That's the person I try to address. I don't, I don't even acknowledge their, uh, their imprint, their fake identity. I try to talk to the person beyond that. And this is uh, more than anything else, the, uh, um, why I'm considered such a strange person. Uh, In the Streets of Beverly Smith is coming up next. I think you should listen to that, and uh, thanks for coming in. So why don't you come back next week, and we'll continue this discussion more, and we'll go further into this idea. Um, before this is over, I want to have you all manifesting everything you ever want to manifest in your life, but I want to tell you, you got to be very careful with this. Sometimes you can manifest too much, and then the psychological um, defenses kick in, and there's the fight or flight. It will kick in. So uh, this is the Reverend John St. Germain. See you next week. You know I love you all. If you have any questions, give me a call. And um, by all means, stay in touch with us. Subscribe to the newsletter. Listen to the show. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.